Get ready. Get ready for what? Well, get ready for God to do a great work in your life. As I think about life in general, here's what I know about all of us. We're all on a timeline that involves several different things, whether you're middle school, high school, college, young adult, young marriage, been around a long time, whatever. We're all on a timeline. And that timeline, there's certain things that happen. We will have mountaintop moments. We will be climbing up the mountain, and that's a lot of fun because we kind of see where we're going. You get on the mountaintop, and everybody loves the mountaintop. Because that's where excitement is. That's where joy is. You've achieved something. You've arrived somewhere. And you're taking in the view. And it sure is great. Then you come down the mountain. Not as much fun. Although it's easier to get down the mountain than up it. But then you hit this thing called the valley. The valleys are very real. They're a part of the journey. They're a part of your timeline. And you go through the valleys. And some valleys are deeper and darker than others. And then you come to hopefully the, you will come to another mountain and begin the journey up the top and then come down and then again. But in the process, God is doing a great work in our lives through all our life, the mountains and the valleys. And we need to understand how that works and what's taking place. And so God is, is desperately wanting to do a great work at First Baptist Lindale in the lives of, our, of you as individuals and the lives of our church collectively. He wants to bring us together. And so in doing that, we need to make sure we're in the right place so he can do that. I'm excited about Resolute coming uh, the 14th week away. Sunday night, something different, something new. Something to reach people we don't normally reach on Sunday morning. Something to, to, that's going to be quite different than Sunday morning, I assure you. Uh, but we're going to have a great time. I believe we'll attract young people, college students. I believe we're going to attract people who are unchurched because it's a great work that God's going to do. And uh, we've got some good things happening because of that. Uh, but he's also done a great work in our lives individually. So let's look at this. For here's what I know. When the hand of God, if you look in your notes, when the hand of God joins with the willing hearts of his people, great things will happen. And it takes those two things because God has chosen to use us. He has, he has made us a part of his plan. So we need to show up and, 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 and let him show out. So in the process, uh, every good work begins with God. There's three parts that I want to talk about today. The first one is this. Every good work, every great work begins with God. It doesn't begin with us. It begins with God. The good news, he invites us to join him. So if in, in Nehemiah chapter 2, the background is this. Nehemiah has got word that the walls are torn down that around Jerusalem. They're in, they're in horrible state of existence. They're burned and they're torn down, and he goes, somebody's got to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem. So God burdens him for this project, and then he prays about it and prays about it and prays about it. God, what can we do? What can I do? What do you want me to do? And he comes up with the burden of, I need to go rebuild the walls. Just one man. But he's seeking God, and then all of a sudden, God does something amazing. While he's trying to figure out how this works, he's finally come to the point, he's going to ask for time off from his job. What was his job, you say? He was a, a cupbearer to the king, a foreign pagan king who didn't believe in his God. 
because the people of Israel were in exile. And so he said, uh, is going to be the king he's going to go to, and he's going to ask the king to get time off. Now, considering he's a slave, I'm not sure how wise a decision that was, but he felt this is what I need to do. I've got to have time off to go do this. And so he goes before the king, and he's burdened, and the burden shows in his face and his countenance. Now, in that culture and time, if you were the cupbearer to the king, you'd bring him his wine, and you weren't smiling, the king would become suspicious. Why aren't you smiling? How come you're sad and you're bringing me a cup of wine to drink? Somebody put poison in that thing? What do you know that I don't know? And so when he shows up, the king says, why are you sad? When you're not sick. Uh, What's really wrong? What do you know that I don't know? And he says, this is nothing but sadness of heart. He said, king, I'm sad. Why are you sad? Because my people's walls are in ruin, that which symbolizes the presence of our God and of our identity and of who we are is in shambles. The king asked me, what is your request? So I prayed of the God of heavens and answered the king, if it pleases the king, if your servant has found favor with you, send me to Judah, to the city where my ancestors are buried so that I may rebuild it. They asked how long he'd be gone. He gave them a definite time and it pleased the king to send him. And, uh, And look at this. Also, he said to the king, If it pleases the king, let me have letters written to the governors of the regions of the west of the Euphrates River so that they will grant me safe passage until I reach Judah. And let me have a letter written to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, so that he will give me timber to rebuild the gates of the temple's fortress, the city wall, and the home where I live. And the king granted my request, for I was graciously strengthened by my God. You didn't underline that. In chapter 1, the last part, he closed out, God, give me success. Because why? Every great work begins with God. And when he finally gets the opportunity, he understands that God has opened the door. And he says, God, here's what you've done. Now, I went to the governors of the regions of the West Euphrates and gave them the king's letters. The king had also sent officers of the infantry and cavalry with me. Talk about, this is great. king said, I'm going to make sure you get there safe. His own guys. When Sanballat... The Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard that someone had come to seek the well-being of the Israelites. They were greatly displeased. Here's what I want you to get. First of all, every great work begins with God. God is the initiator of great things in our lives, whether it's personally, individually, or corporately as a church. It starts with God. It starts in the mind of God, the heart of God, and he brings it to us. Now, I'm here to tell you, he may be working on something he's not yet revealed to you yet. You may be in the valley, and he's working on the next mountaintop you're going to go to. He's just trying to get you ready. And so he's going, here's what I want to do. I I want you to, to know that I am starting something. I'm birthing something in you, a great work. I believe he's done that here at Lindell time and time again. We've had those, we are, we, are, we are always in the process of going from mountain to mountain, but there's a valley in between because that's how life is. And yet God continues to do great things here at First Baptist Lindell. And he's not finished yet. And I think uh, next, next Sunday is going to be one of those mountaintops. And it's going to be awesome as we see what God will do. And we look at this. So it begins with him. Because why? God provides the open door. I mean, he kind of says, here's where, here's where I want you to go. Here's what I want you to do. And he put it on Nehemiah's heart. And then he said, I am going to orchestrate the king's emotions. I am going to begin to move on the king in such a way that he's going he's to like what you ask. He's going to agree with you. 
You say, why, do you, why can we trust that? Because God is sovereign. God is in control. And the Bible says he holds the heart of a king in his hand. If I hold something in my hand, I control it. So while this pagan king who did not believe in the God of Nehemiah, yet when Nehemiah said, I need to go back and build some walls, the king said, okay. Where did that come from? It came from God. Nehemiah could not talk him into it. Nehemiah could not as a slave convince the king to do anything for him. But God could move on this man's thinking in such a way that he was open to responding, saying, okay, take the time off. Okay, how much time you need? He said, here's the time I need. Okay, you can have it. You go and you build those walls. Make sure you come back. I'll come back, build the walls. And I love it. Nehemiah said, and while we're talking, thank you for giving me the time off, but I need a letter of protection so nobody will think I've run away from you or attack me in the process. So can you give me a letter that says it's okay for me to go to Judah? And the king says, well, sure. And let me tell you, just so you get there safe, I'll send my cavalry along with you. I think that's awesome. That's a God thing. People don't do that. He said, look, I, I, I want to make sure you get back. I, you, you're my cupbearer, man. I'm going to take care of you. So I'm going to send my cavalry, my infantry along with you, and they're going to get you there safe. Do you see the hand of God working here? This isn't what men do. This is what God does. He's moved in such a way that he is orchestrating the events and the affairs around the life of Nehemiah to accomplish eternal purpose, just like he would do with you. And you, do you know right now, he is already working on the person you're going to marry? Did you know that? You're thinking, oh, I ain't thinking about marriage. Good, don't think about marriage yet. Don't be too young. Don't worry about it. But God's already thinking about it. He's already calculating who you need to marry. He's over there. It may be someone in another state. You'll meet him in college. Or, or maybe you'll meet him in the workplace. But God's already working on that. He really is. Maybe he's working on the next job you'll go to or, or what will happen. He, he, he's trying to, he's orchestrating things in, in such a way that he moves events to where they come together to do a great work. That's what God does. Right now, he's building things in, in you and in you and in you for the next great thing. As great as your life may be today, it's not the end. Just one mountain out of many. And so he says, I want you to know that we're gonna, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to open the door. I'm going to provide what you need. I'm going to give you protection until you get where I want you to get because that's what God does. He provides for us what we need to accomplish his purpose. He gives us the power of the Holy Spirit that empowers us to do his will. I can't do that apart from the Holy Spirit. So uh, if I walk in his power and his strength, I experience the power of the Holy Spirit in such a way that I accomplish his purpose and I begin to climb those mountains. I get to the mountaintops. And when I have to come down to the valley, the Holy Spirit still stays with us and, and gets us through the valleys because God provides all we need for the journey from start to finish, not just for the good days, but for all the days. You need to know that. Every great work begins with God. And everything that happens in our lives is a part of a great work, a time and time again. God calls us. He calls some to salvation, which means he's calling some, come unto me if you're guilty, if you're lonely, if you're filled with shame, come to me. That's the call of salvation. Come to me, bring me your burdens, bring me your brokenness, bring me your sin.
and let me forgive you and let me change life and let me give you a new direction with a new destiny. He calls you to him. That's salvation. But a lot of us, he's calling to serve. And that means I want you to go. I want you to go do something for me. I want you to come to me for salvation without service. I want you to go for me. Go for me. Do something that I may be honored and glorified. So he, every great work begins with God. In Nehemiah's life, it was just that way. He came and, he, and God opened a door amazingly. This king says, yeah, we'll give you the timber. We'll give you his transportation. We'll take care of you. That's a God thing. And there's nothing more satisfying in your life to look back and see where God has worked in your life and what he's doing. Sometimes you need to remember those in the valleys because the valleys come. There's some, a second part that's real important, and that is this, that everyone has a place to fill in a great work. While Nehemiah has gotten this great vision, this great understanding of what God wants, and God says, here's what I've put in place. I've orchestrated the events favorably for you. Now let's go to work. Nehemiah could not build the walls by himself, no matter how much passion he had. Can't do it. So he went and he realized everyone needs to help. Everyone who's, a, who's committed to the cause of Christ needs to plug in. First of all, I think there's some things everyone needs to do in a great work. Number one, we need to learn how to pray. I mean, we need to pray. You need to start praying now. Let me give you a couple things to pray about. You want to write this down? Number one, you'll be praying about your country for the next 30 days. Of what's really going to happen. Now, I believe God's sovereign. God's in control. That doesn't release us from human responsibility. So you need to pray about how you're going to vote for elected officials. Not just the president, but other offices that are important. And you pray according to the value system that God's put in your life. You need to pray. Because I'm going to tell you, that's a whole sermon. I'm, coming, I'm going to start preaching through First Peter in a few weeks. We're going to talk about how that relates to us today. But you need to pray. You need to be praying about resolute Sunday night. That God, we're just, we're, you know, here's what I don't want you to think. I don't want you to think that the mountaintop is Sunday night, October the 14th. That is not the mountaintop. That's the beginning of the journey to the mountaintop. Understand that. I'm excited about the journey. I want so many, I want you to go with us. And, and 130 people said, we're going to do various things to help that thing go. And that's awesome because now everyone's plugging in. And you say, but I'm never going to go over there. I understand that. Some of you wouldn't like it. It's okay that you don't like it. That's fine. The music's going to be a little loud. Maybe a lot loud. Um... It'll be different. That's okay. But you can pray for it. As a matter of fact, you should be praying for it because it's a part of the body of Christ that's functioning. And so you pray that God blesses, that God makes it successful in every way and that people are drawn to him through what we're doing at 6.30 on Sunday night. Everyone's in his place. You know, you pray. You pray. You pray for God to bless, for God to move people to come. You you offer, you plug in. You simply plug in and say, what can I do? Well, you can certainly pray for some of you. It takes more than prayer now because you've got some things God wants you to do hands-on. Just like they were building the walls in Nehemiah's day, there's some people that, that knew how to put, put the, the, the stones in place and some knew how to carve the wood and some knew how to put things together. You know what's been happening over there the last several weeks? People have been over there scraping paint. 
Uh, scraping paint's tough work. I mean, they've been scraping paint, and they've been cleaning, they've been throwing out debris and junk and trash. They've been tearing down stuff that's broken and, and, and deteriorated. It was a bad place. It was a bad spot. It was a bad way. And people have been doing that. Now, let me tell you what's going to happen. They've, there's been painting and cleaning and con- construction done, light construction. There's, we got a stage over there. We're going to have sound and light. And, uh, it's going to be a great place for resolution. It's going to be a great place for our young people. It's going to be an awesome opportunity because people are plugging in doing different things. This Saturday, they're having a cleanup day to get things ready. So you need to come and, and for about from 9 to 12, hang out with us and clean and do stuff and finish up. Let's tie the loose ends up. And then we're going to, give you hot, we're going to have hot dogs and chips and celebrate working together. Plug in. Oh, this week, if you've got some time, they'll be working, I'm sure, every night of the week. We've got some things we've got to do. Uh, finishing up, we'll be here. So, but you plug in. Many are plugging in as greeters, as parking lot attendants, as child care people, as, as counselors, as worship team, as follow-up teams. All these things are coming together. We're climbing the mountain. We're not on a mountaintop yet, but we're, we're going to have a good journey getting there. So don't think that the 14th is the pinnacle of what we're trying to do. No, no, the 14th is the beginning of what we're trying to do. Know that. It's part of a journey that we're excited about, and the mountaintop's there. Now, so everybody needs to plug in and find their place. It's kind of like this. And I know sometimes things get real big or kind of hard to put your arms around. Uh, A great executive, Bob Shank, wrote in his book, Total Life Management, about how do you manage life. He talked about... Uh, everything he needed to know in life, he pretty much learned from high school football. Now, after yesterday, I'm not sure any of us want to talk about football, but hey, here we go. It was a bad day for most everybody in the congregation yesterday because I know who you, who you pull for. Uh, uh, so, but he said, I learned things in high school football. He said, I had a 260-pound coach, uh, Manny Pinafore, who basically... Worked with a lineman, and he said, I, I was a lineman. Uh, uh, you know, he said, I, I got to play. I was a, he said, I was 172 pounds minus the gear, and uh, uh, I was a defensive tackle. He said, one day, man, he's kind of trying to, we were, we were kind of not doing well, and he comes, starts with me, grabs me by the shoulder pads, and says, Shank, I want you to get this. You're a defensive tackle. He's looking at, he said, looking at me through my face mask. He said, you're a defensive tackle, and I want you to know something. And he took his foot, and he began to dig in the grass to where he, he, he cut a line out with his foot that was a 10-foot square. Pretty big. He said, this is your job. I don't want you to play the whole field. That's not your job. You run all over the place. Your job is defensive tackle. You cover this 10 by 10 square, and anybody who comes in here, you annihilate them. That's your job. And then he went to the next guy, and he went down the line to the linebackers and said, and he did it for all of them. He said, this is your job. Do this well. Don't play the whole field. That's not your job. Every one of us have a place to plug in. He said, here's why here's that's important. He said, now that I'm an executive 
and I have a world vision for the kingdom of God and for everything we do, he said, sometimes I can't get my arm around the global need. I can't do it, man, it's so big. And I go back to what that coach said when he hit him by the shoulder pads looking through the, to the, through the face guard and, and basically saying, you cover this area. Somebody else is going to cover the other area. Please understand when we plug in, we're, we're not assigned the whole planet, guys. God's got that covered. He just wants us to do what we're supposed to do where he's put us at our middle school, at our high school, at our job, at, at our house, at our recreational places, at our entertainment events. He just wants to do what we're supposed to do where he's placed us. And we do it well. We cover our spot. Because everybody's got one in Christ if you've been saved. The last thing is this. Briefly, I just want to say, when a great work begins with God and everyone has a place to fill in this great work and everybody's filling their spot and doing their job, the third thing you need to know is this. Resistance. Expect resistance from satanic forces. Get this. Expect resistance from satanic forces. Now, let me tell you what satanic forces are. First of all, they're, they're forces that are manipulated and motivated by the devil who hates God. And because he hates God, he hates you and me because we're followers of Christ. He hates us. He doesn't like us. And so when God begins to do something with us that's credible for the kingdom, he really hates that. Now, because he is not omnipresent, he can't be everywhere all the time like God... He has to have people helping him. And he uses those invisible forces that are called demons, and they're out there functioning, doing their thing, and causing havoc. And also, he has a world system in place that's built on greed and selfishness and uh, a purely a personal agendas. And he uses that greed and selfish agenda and sometimes uh, prejudice and hatred to be poured out against the causes of God. He will move and manipulate people. And he uses people to go up against God's great works. Always has. The Bible's filled with that. Here you see that Nehemiah has got the green light from the king. He's got money in his pocket to get it done. He's got a cavalry to protect him. Things are looking pretty good. He's excited. He's now shared with the guys. He's called them together and said, here's what we can do. We can build a wall in 52 days. Here's what God will do with us. And they're going, yeah, they're cheering. They're excited. A mountaintop. And then, then, you got to look at this. And then, when Sanballat and Tobiah heard about it, they were displeased. Please understand, not everybody's happy when you're doing God's will. They're just not. Sometimes people in your own church. Sometimes people in your own denomination. And so if you go to verse 19, Sambalat, Tobiah, they picked up another guy named Geshem, the Arab. That kind of says it all for a moment. Heard about this, and they mocked and despised us and said, What is this you're doing 
Are you rebelling against the king? You see, resistance comes. And I'm telling you this now. Resistance comes. It comes in our personal life. We try to grow in our own relationship with God. And we try to climb those mountains and resistance comes. We try to build our marriage and our relationships on Christ's principles and resistance comes. We try to raise our children the way they should be raised and resistance comes. You try to live out your life as young people in a way that honors God or, and respects your parents and resistance comes. Just like in Nehemiah's day, people will mock you, make fun of you and laugh at you because of the principles you hold to and the behavior you try to live by. For adults, they'll laugh at you at the job place because maybe you don't lie like everybody else or behave like everybody else. And they'll make fun of you. Resistance comes when you're following the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he uses all kind of things to make it happen. It comes. There's always a reaction. And Satan is always recruiting. Make sure you're on the right side. close with this. I got a call last night from a, one of my dearest friends. Um, God's used him greatly. He is an awesome guy. He's, he's, he's been a great pastor, a great professor, uh, a great administrator for seminary, just an awesome guy. Very capable. Well, he calls me last night and I'm going, when a pastor calls another pastor on Saturday night, that's never good because we're all busy on Saturday night getting ready for Sunday. And so when he called, I said, man, what's going on, brother? He said, I just got to talk to you. He said, I got to tell you. He said, I know it's Saturday night. I know you're getting ready for Sunday, I, I, but I got to talk to you. I said, well, go ahead. Now, I want you to tell you something. I, this man, in the last year of his life, God has done miraculous things in his respective ministry. Miracles have been performed. The guy has had to raise money unbelievably, and he's done it for his, for his institution. He has been incredible. God has done things that are nothing short of miraculous. God's hands is on this guy. Things are coming together. The future looks brighter than it's ever been uh, for this place, and it is incredible. Now, We've had conversations. I've warned him about some things. I'd be careful about this. Be careful about that. We've talked. We've had some very candid conversations. But he called me, when he called me, told me last night, he said, look, here's the thing. All this has been so great. God has done amazing things. But I have just discovered there's one person that can blow this all up. One person. And he said, the truth is, this one person can bring it all to an end. Now, guys, when you, when you pour your life into something, you pour your, I mean, you pour your life into ministry, and all of a sudden you realize that this could be so devastated in a matter of months. It's tough. I listened to my brother Sharon's heart. Man, his spirit was troubled. He was in the valley. And he's talking about this. there's, there's, there's no options. There's nothing we can do. This guy will carry out his plan to fulfillment and basically it will be the destruction of an institution. We prayed. I said, remember God's sovereign. God will allow 
that which is ultimately beneficial to a great work. We prayed together and talked for a while. The resistance comes, guys, over a person's ego and desire for power. They will do major destruction if God allows it. Why not? It's his business. But I want you to know the great work is when God's hand joins with a willing heart of people. And you climb the mountain together. And you walk through the valley together because another mountain's coming. You need to remember that when you're young because you'll have a lot of mountains and valleys in your life. We'll have a lot of mountains and valleys in our lives. Been there, done that. But it's all a part of a great work because God has called us more than conquerors and the resistance doesn't matter. when God's purpose is accomplished.